For all 140 plus episodes of the Game Central podcast, including bonus episodes, visit gamebanter.co.uk for a complete archive of every single podcast we've ever done. That's gamebanter.co.uk. Welcome to the Game Central podcast. And boy, is it hot today, guys. How hot is it? Um, it is exactly, according to my phone, 26 degrees. That's all that hot, actually. But, be well, hot. To be fair, it's 8 o'clock in the evening. Yeah, but it's um, going to be 37 tomorrow, apparently. Yeah, yesterday it was 31 degrees. Yeah. 37 tomorrow, according to the weather reports. Mm-hmm. So, yeah scary stuff I'm not even planning to go out anywhere tomorrow you know that's it it's done well Gareth do you still have to go places uh, I have a job and I have <laughs> uh, how do you commute there I get a bus oh are they air conditioned in Manchester no oh Jesus the window is barely open <laughs> No, that's not funny. That's not good. Uh, ask me how hot it is, Rob. How hot is it? It's so hot that by the time I got to work, the egg I always keep in my pocket had boiled. <laughs> what? Too many questions. Well, what? Know, why yeah. are you carrying an egg? Uh, are you trying to, you know, breed chickens and you effectively killed it? Are you trying to fertilise it by keeping it in your pocket? It was it was um, funnier in my head as something like, oh, what a crazy thing to just have an egg in your pocket. It's actually yeah, not very we're funny. Confused. We're just confused. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's all right. Yeah, It's not okay. bad. It's just a bit confusing because I was expecting you to say, like, oh, you had a chocolate bar in your pocket or something. Or are you still going to the gym? None of that business. Uh, or is the gym dead now? I, I, I was going to go gym on a Tuesday. Yeah. And then you'll know it's very hot in England. So yeah. I was like, no. And then I came home and oh, I ate shit. cookies. But surely in the gym, that's where you're supposed to be hot. Mm. Yes, yeah. I've... So it's not like, oh, I don't want to get hot or go you know, to the gym because I'll get hot. No one ever says that. I 100% agree with you, but I am yeah. very lazy. Yeah, yeah so no, it's yeah, it's that it's that psychological drive that you usually have going towards the gym, but because you're already hot, it feels like you've had the workout. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, oh, I'm not really in the mood to go and have another workout. It's a lot uh, of effort no, to just yeah, sit that. down and be hot to go somewhere else yeah. and do more effort. That's no, way yeah, more I get effort. That. Oh, I get that. See, I've counteracted the whole exercising thing because I had also that feeling. Um, this week and I was like oh god I should actually exercise but I really can't be bothered yeah because I'm so hot so instead um I gave myself chores to do in the garden and so I've 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 exercised by weeding and laying turf and that that has uh, done it uh, yeah and that's not a euphemism I've actually just been laying turf yeah yeah you know that's my boring life but you know that seems to have done it, but now my problem for tomorrow is the fact I've got no no more chores to do in the garden. Um, so I guess I will I have to actually exercise. Or talk to your wife at some point. 
Yeah, rip the turf what? up and do it again. <laughs> just, just tear it off and just put it back down. Well, it's like, like carpet. <laughs> yeah, but you want to let it seed. You That's what I'm saying. It... If you don't let it seed, you can easily <laughs> drag it up. Just, just take one day's worth of work and spread it yeah. out over five days. Yeah, so fucking hell, so it's taking ages, Dave. Oh, yeah, I just keep on taking it up. So <laughs> spew, spew your seed all over the carpet. Yeah. Exactly. And that's your day. That's your whole day. You'd need a, That's my exercise. It'll take you a while. Yeah. It's so hot today. You know, women don't usually sweat, but like being out and about today just. Even women were sweating. And I don't mean that in a sexist way, like, oh, women don't have sex. Uh, no, 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 I generally think, no, I generally think that women's antiperspirant or deodorant is better than men's. Yeah. Like, genuinely, I think it's better than men's. I'm not saying they don't have sweat glands or their sweat no. glands aren't as good as ours. That would be ridiculous. Oh, really? uh, women usually glow, don't they, in the, the heat? They don't usually perspire. Yeah. But I saw some right sweaty Noras today. <laughs> I tell you. Sorry, Where were you? PG. <laughs> Sorry. It's Where were you? Uh, rev- 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 revelation. Uh, so, Gareth, mm-hmm. you got some news for today? Or has no. there been no news to speak of? There's been no Brilliant. news. Dave, we've got any great uh, prices going on? Um, nothing to shout about. My biggest deal was last podcast where I told everyone about the uh, Game Pass Ultimate hack. But you can't do that anymore. Oh, why? You said to everyone, and now Microsoft are in on it. No, because the free trial has run out. Oh, what a great, what a great! Uh, we should do a Game Pass section where you talk about the games that have come out on Game Pass recently. Yeah, I would if I prepared that. To be fair, uh, good, Game Pass is a fucking revelation. It's so good. good. Recently, it has been pretty epic. Um, well, when I say recently, since I got it last month, um, all the games I've been playing are from Game Pass. Um, and I did have access to the Gears 5... Tech. They call it a beta. What do they call it? A tech demo. Battle test? Something like that? No! Tech test! There we go. Tech test. Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're purposely ignoring you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah... I just didn't bother downloading it because oh, I can't be asked of tech tests and betas and shit. Tech- I never, I never enjoy them, and it seems to only do the opposite of what it should do. So it should get you excited for the game. For me, when I do one of these beta runs, it just makes me more frustrated and makes me less likely to buy the game. <laughs> so I was going to wait until it comes out. Apparently. No, exactly. Um, yeah. My mate said that it was really good, though. But he plays competitively oh, in sorry. a league, so yeah. I was just like, okay, then if he's enjoying it, then at least then I know it's going to be quite good because I enjoyed Gears Four for the story, so I reckon it would be just as good and just as challenging. So yeah, I'm looking forward Imagine to that. Anyone that's never played Gears Four, uh, 4 it's available for one pound ninety nine on CD keys. Wow, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's what you buy what? for ninety nine. Fucking two quid. You could buy two ninety nines for one ninety nine. Not anymore, guys. No, not anymore. I reckon you could buy a ninety nine for two quid. Yeah. Kind of just defeats the object. Are you saying you could buy one ninety nine for one ninety nine? Yes. Yeah. Great. That's probably why they're called that now. 
Right, so without further ado, Gareth, as we've got no news or anything, should we just go on to what we've been playing? Because it's been quite a while. We've well, didn't you play. want to talk about your big revelation? Yes, that's why I wanted to go into what have we been playing. Let's do it then. Well, Crack on. We're obviously going to talk about what we've been playing, because for the last like two podcasts, we've run out of time. So for about three months, no one's known what we've been playing that listen to this podcast. Actually, yes, that's uh, so true. But I, I think you know, before that, we should just have a little catch up. It's been a been a while. You guys, for example, yeah. haven't been on a podcast since before E3. Oh, that's how shit, long it's yeah. been? Uh, don't start doing lists. I'm not because gonna... E3... <laughs> no one's going to go. Oh, they're finally talking about E3. So long ago. Gareth, please don't list it out again. Lot, I'm so done with the fucking list. <laughs> like, literally, they're listening now, just almost hovering over the fast forward button, just going, list- oh, yeah, I already know. Oh, the fucking list, 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 list. That was a great pod, Rob, and I want you to know it didn't go unnoticed. Thank you very much. Dave, did you hear it? No, could you please repeat? All right, let's reenact it then, Gareth, for this guy. Yeah. Oh, right. Gareth, I suppose you're going to be doing loads of lists. Wait, no, that, I didn't say anything to huh? set it up. It was Dave that set it up, wasn't he? All right, Dave, say exactly what you said. <laughs> I don't know what I said. Yeah. I'll, okay, I'll do, I'll do my Dave impression of what Dave said. Right. Thank you. <clears throat> this is going to be very inoffensive to you, Dave, and very respectful. It's fine. <laughs> I can't do it. Hang on. <laughs> can't do a southern like accent. Oh, it's not like we have loads of listeners who are going to be yeah. listening just for the lists. Listeners. There you go. Thanks, Rob. Thank, Thank you. you. That's not exactly how it went down, but yeah, no, I'm with you now. Thank Something you for like the uh, yeah. for the slightly and completely unoffensive um, impression of Offensive. me. Respectful. Is it? Respectful. Respectful. Yeah. Right, Dave, you play the most boring games known to man. Sherlock Holmes on your Game Pass. So what have you been playing? How dare you say? I have, I've actually not downloaded the Sherlock Holmes games despite the fact that they're all Why? available. Why? Because I've actually been distracted by games which are interesting. Wow. I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm one to admit that, first of all. I suppose it's um, nothing like games with gold, because games with gold which almost felt like you had to play them. Yeah, I down- yeah exactly. When you download it, you go, look, I've got nothing else to play. This is a free game. I guess it's kind of new. They're slightly more interesting. Let's crack it. But now, like you said, I've got like a Netflix library worth of games to play. And I've also got my stack of PlayStation 4 games, which I still haven't got through. Stack? Yeah, stack. Wow. Uh, So I've currently got six classic PlayStation 4 games, mainly including Uncharted games. Um, that I plan to play through and um, I got halfway through God of War uh, got distracted by the Game Pass last month so this month I picked it back up and I'm addicted to it Um, again so I've been playing that literally any spare hour that I haven't been in the garden this week just been smashing God of War so that's been great 
but nobody needs me to tell you how great God of War is. Um, yes, the game sir. that I've been Where playing... Where you at? What's that? Where are you in Gears of War? God of War, sorry. Well, uh, I've just flipped the... Um, what's it called? I'm about to go into Jotunheim. So I've okay. just flipped the... I just broke the chains on the transport centre. I keep forgetting the fucking name of it, but you know what I'm on about. Transport centre. Hello, <laughs> welcome to the transport centre. I can't remember uh, what the fuck uh, they call uh, it. Stu, in your transport, please. <laughs> Rob, what's it called? It's called like the Tree of Life or something. Yeah, that thing. Oh, Yggdrasil. Yeah. yeah, Yggdrasil. So That's I just flipped that. Your anus, if you've got an itch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, PG. PG, remember yeah. this. Uh, so I've just flipped that, and uh, I just saved it as I unlocked the key to Jotunheim. So I'm about to go through there. So I feel like, but in the game, I just keep getting distracted. So it's just like, um, oh, here's the main story mission. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then he's got, oh, by the way, have you been to um, Messelheim yet? And you go, what? Yeah. And then he's got, oh, yeah, you know, just, just you've got the key now. So you might as well check it out. And then I'm there for like seven hours trying to fucking complete yeah. the trials. And then it happened again with um, the dwarf. Don't say that. I can't, I can't pronounce it. Um, I say dwarf. I can't say dwarf. Yes, I can. Okay. okay. Can't say midget. That's offensive. <gasps> oh, no. Oh. oh, I've done it now. Sorry. No, yeah, we're allowed one offensive term, aren't we? Yeah. Just stay PG. Yeah, we're good. Um. So, yeah. But then I went back into there, into, like, the poison maze. And then, again, spent literally five hours just picking up all the armor that's in there. And I've gone back to the main story mission, like, completely... <laughs> you know, stacked to the I mean, your armor system a bit complicated. I find I still it a little I bit understand it. Yeah, I find it a little bit pointless. Um, or it doesn't feel like it really adds much. Yeah. The effect, um, uh, like you said, is uh, for me to see what the uh, what the improvement is, and I didn't clock this until really like, and I'm talking yesterday, is that it. Yeah. When you're looking at the armors, so the one that I've got on and the one that I'm about to craft, it takes in into yeah in the game. So it takes into consideration the um, the runes or the enhancements that you've added to your armor set, um, and takes that into consideration when comparing it to the, the new armor. So it makes all the new armor look shit. So then I realized I went, oh, I've got to like de-socket all of the runes that I've added to it to see whether this armour is actually, the base stats are better. But it never tells you, does it? But it never it tells This is what I mean. It never tells you that. So you just assume RPG-esque style brain um, oh, no, it's just comparing base stats. No, it's not comparing base stats. It's comparing all the upgrades that you've put onto it, as well as the base stats. So yeah, it, it took me literally ages to figure that out. Um... Because, again, they didn't tell you. It took me ages to figure out um, that some of them, some of the effects can be stacked. Um, and it just feels like, like at, at first, I was like changing out the runes to be like, 
oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be fine elves so i'm gonna make sure that um all my enhancements are like elf based stats and oh i'm gonna be fighting fire types so i need my fire resistance up and i was really like trying to um maximize my effectiveness but then i realized it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> i just ended up just keeping it all the same um but yeah i've unlocked is it niflheim yeah that's it so I've unlocked yeah. the armor set in Niflheim, which means that I've got like level eight armor. And then I just did this side quest for the dwarves, um, the two um, blacksmiths, and oh, it unlocked the best armor. And they keep calling it the best armor that you, you know, the best protection that yeah. you can, that money can uh, buy. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like amazing gold tier stuff. And it just turns out it's a level four armor set. Mm-hmm. And he went, well, that was a bit. Shit. You can't trust them, can you? That's what people <laughs> say. Yeah, so they trade to be fair. So in the game, they continue well, to say that dwarf, dwarves aren't trustworthy. Yeah. That is isn't Rob being offensive. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which That's does not take my people. Personal to... opinion. <laughs> it's not Rob's personal opinion. I feel like we need to disclaimer everything <laughs> that you yeah. say. It's not my personal. Um, but like I said, like every, it's taken me ages to get to this main story point because I just keep getting distracted by all these like things. Like you free a dragon, and it just goes, "Oh, one of four dragons freed." You went, "Well, I might as yeah. well go find the rest of them." <laughs> and then I literally, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't tell which was main storyline and which wasn't. No, and I felt like I should. And it does feel like when I'm doing the side quests that there is an order that you should have done them in, um, because I'm judging that by well, the loop. Must be hard. No, I'm judging that by the loot that you get. So I feel like I'm coming to them too late because, again, okay. I've leveled up or I've done yeah. side quests and treasure maps and I've leveled myself up um, to like uh, a level that when I've done the story mission and the side quest comes up, I'm now too strong for it to really matter. It doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the game. It's just like the end because some of the armor sets look really cool, but then you just go, oh, but it's not as good as the one I'm currently wearing, so I'm not going to upgrade. Um, and I've also got, I think I've currently got about 80,000 experience points, and I've got nothing to yeah. spend it on. Anyway, yeah, oh, you've I've, unlocked tiers. Yeah, I've unlocked, I've unlocked pretty much everything apart from the last um, tier for the um, knives, and that's, yeah. that's it. And so you're sitting there and go, right, I'm just waiting. Oh, look, he's got the knife. Chaos, Chaos Blade. Sorry. No. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, you unlock knives at the end. You That's do unlock cool. knives. Big knives. Table knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just his dinner set. Butter knife. Kratos' yeah. dinner set. Really nice. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing that. And like I said, I feel like I'm finally getting to the end of the game. But I think we had this conversation before, Rob, where... Um, you said that there is a hard difficulty on God oh, of War. Ridiculous. And it's just pointless. Like I tried it a little bit. I thought, oh, I might as well just try it out and see what it's... And I, I still find some of the fights difficult. Like If you want a challenge, like the Trials of Musilfheim is really hard. Like, you know, some of them, they're either difficult because they require a lot of patience, or they're difficult because... And the Valkyries. So you know you've got the fire you've got the fire world where you've got six tiers to get to the top of the volcano. And each trial 
Have you not been to Queen added in or something? No. I hope not. There's well, two realms know. you can go to. I thought it was only after you completed the game, though. I don't have a special edition. No, I just I just went crazy and got the cipher. I just found a guide and got the ciphers of both the realms. Hey, that game, there's something wrong with it. Like I know everyone says it's great, but the way they explain stuff and stuff, like you're talking about this challenge mode thing, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, so it's another... No, no, this is it. So it's another realm that you can go to. It's another world that you can go to. There's a fire fire world and there's a dwarven poison world. And both of them have um, different challenges. So the poison world, which is Niflheim, um, that's like a, a maze where you can unlock like level 7 gear. But you get that. See, I was confused as well, you, because when I looked at this guide, the cipher has seven pieces, but in my game it only had four. So I was able to unlock this world before I should have, really, because I just completed that mission where I should have got two, the last two pieces of the cipher. Yeah. Um, But I didn't need them, which I thought was weird. Um, with the fireplace, so Misselheim, yeah. that, um, I unlocked that literally almost, um, as I got to the elf world, I think I found, I found the first, um, piece of the cipher there. And then the rest of the pieces are just in, um, the surrounding Lake nine. So I just picked them all up. Um, but if you go into, so the volcano, the fire world, there is a, there's like fighting trials and each uh, there are six stages and each stage has two challenges, a normal challenge and a hard challenge. And it just goes up and up and up and gets harder and harder. But they're really challenging to the point where I'm on the fourth tier and it says you have to kill a hundred enemies. Now that doesn't sound too difficult, but the rate that the waves come at you, it might be one or two enemies in the first wave. And then it might be 12 enemies. And then, again, it might just be one. So it purposely slows you down and continuously changes the pace. So you can never get into a rhythm where you're like, oh, great. If I just kill this one person, I can keep my, um, (laughs) you know, if I kill him, that's fine. Um, and then I'll move on uh, mid combo and I'll start killing some other people. But then, you know. And so I got to about halfway through that challenge and I looked up online and they said that 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 challenge alone takes half an hour to complete because of the the rate in which it slowly spits out enemies. So they said this challenge is less about skill and more about patience. Like you you can't just rush into each battle. Um, But like what I was saying, like going back to the difficulty, that was hard enough. I don't know why... Because ramping it up, the difficulty, just it, it just goes so hard. And it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't like come down to skill. Hits. It uh-huh. just comes down to the fact that, oh, are you any good at dodging? And you just go, oh. Yeah. Instead of making it harder, as in the enemies are more challenging, it just means that they do more hit points. And I guess that does yeah. mean that the enemies are more challenging. But like I said... But it's never a good way. No, it just comes down to the fact that the AI isn't more intelligent. They don't fight more intelligently. They fight 
or they they fight the same, but their punches hurt you more, which means that you just you have to fight more patiently, which means that the game just feels longer. It doesn't mean that you're any good at the game. It just means yeah. that you go in for two hits and then you run away. And then you block, and those, then you go in for another two hits. Those end game challenges are a really good example of uh, good difficulty in games. Like normally, I'll avoid stuff that's too mm. challenging because I don't enjoy it that much. But I did all of those end game challenges in God of War because they're they're difficult in a way where you need to use every single tool. So, like if you've played yeah. one yes. way, like you're constantly throwing the axe, you've been relying on that all game. That won't get you past these challenges. You have to start using. Uh, his son more to fire arrows and you have to use your specials more intelligently and that's fun um, but it but also, also it also forced me to change up my specials so yeah. I was using the same special moves for both the blades and the axe and I was like um, I don't really see the point like this works for me yeah. and then I got to like like I said the stage where I had to kill 100 enemies and I was like I might need more area attacks and I might need more you know, um, health regeneration. And so it forced me to access the stuff that I had unlocked to aid me um, in the fight, really. But like you said, it's not the fact that I don't want to do the challenge. It's just like, oh, I, was, I was doing it late at night and I just ran out of time. So I just went, right, I'm going to, I'll, I'll get back to that a bit later. Um, and then also I have the Lord story. So I'm just like, mm, I'll, I'll come back to it. But for me, I think, especially in my playthrough, I was I was able to access it at a time where the rewards had a significant impact. I don't think I'd be that interested in it. Say, for example, if you, like, according to you, you access Niflheim right at the end, I wouldn't care that I was getting level level seven armor sets. What's the point? I don't, <laughs> you know, I've just completed the game. It doesn't matter. Um. So yeah, but I've been really enjoying that. I'm looking forward to actually completing it. And again, the story's just so good. It's just, it's so engulfing. One and of the good things I heard when I spoke to my good friend Cory Barlog, uh, he said, if you notice during the game, the, mm. the camera never leaves Kratos's side. It's no. all done in one continuous shot. Yeah, which is just spectacular it really is dave no yeah like you said it's it's that sort of attention to detail where uh sometimes they let you look around a little bit and other times it's just a fixed point of view but no, i mean um, even even cut scenes you know yeah no yeah no i know exactly what you mean but i'm saying in cut scenes you're sometimes able because i fiddle with the right analog stick oh god um <laughs> disgusting <laughs> you're sometimes able to move the view slightly and it yeah. does it does open you know it opens up a, a a smaller bit of um like the environment um but like you said most of the time in the cutscenes i just let it play and it is a little bit more seamless and i think my brain has got used to how seamless it is yeah does that you know from me fighting a boss into the cutscene and then me killing the boss into another cutscene it it literally just flows and I think I underestimate just how good that is <laughs> like you know where you're just like oh actually that is really really hard to do that 
It should um, be impossible. And not a lot of games. Yeah, and not a lot of games can do that. But no, because no one's done it before. And because it does it so well, because I've played it now for, you know, probably 25 hours, you sit there just like, oh, yeah, that's just how games do things. And then you go and play another game. And you go, oh, no, that's not how games do things. That looks really, really bad. And then you go back to God of War and you say, oh, no, this is amazing. And so, yeah, it really, it it takes something which is really difficult and makes it look easy, um, which is impressive. Um, Thank you. And I understand why it's won all the awards. Um, but yeah, apart from God of War, the main game that I've played on Game Pass is a game called For the King. What? Why? Is... Have you played it? No, but there's so much better stuff on there. Right, okay, let me... Uh, the, <laughs> Classic the, it's like the going into a sweet shop and buying a piece of shit on the floor. <laughs> Look, you could have anything you want. Yeah, you haven't played it, okay, and the reason you why... You haven't tasted playing... the shit, Rob, alright? You haven't tasted <laughs> the shit on the floor, mate? Okay. Yeah. But not something it's shoe. It's mixed yeah. in with a bit of chewing gum. It's got some flavour oh, to God. it. Sorry, I didn't know. Pooing gum. Right, go on, <laughs> and you get Game Pass and you get to choose you chose no. the King. I'm not saying yet that this is the reason I got Game Pass, Rob. You're like over exaggerating. No, I'm not saying that I haven't downloaded any of the other game. good games. It's not like I haven't downloaded any of the other good games what I'm saying is that this is a game that I want to bring to people's attention because I feel like it is a game which is good but can be ignored and the reason which it is being ignored Dave just accept it and move on (laughs) that's fine do you want me to explain it in a a nutshell in a nutshell it is a Dungeons and Dragons style adventure RPG which you play in a party of three people. It's online cooperative. Uh, the D&D style is the board game style movement mechanics. And then you get into old style Final Fantasy, you know, turn-based combat. Um, but the, <laughs> It's not your sort of game, if I'm honest, Rob. Um the reason why we started playing it is because we were looking for cooperative games to play on Game Pass, seeing as everyone has got it in my online friends groups. So we were just like, right, let's see what we can play. Because if I'm honest, I'm sick to the eyelids of playing Apex Legends. It's just... Yeah, or you could, you could have played Borderlands 2. Yeah, but we've already played and completed Borderlands 2. So Against War 4? Again, played and completed it. Um... There's a good one I played with my uh, son. Yeah. I forgot what it's called now. Fantastic. Can't wait to play that. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, so as a cooperative game, it's slower paced, which means that it suits our sort of casual gameplay style. It's a different it's a different change of pace to the normal game <coughs> Um, which means that we can chat. It means that you can get involved in this story. It's got permadeath in it, which means that you start caring about the character that you've created, despite the fact that it's a bog standard sprite and you shouldn't care about it. You start caring about it. The challenge, the dungeons that you have to go into. Um, so when you're faced, so there's, there's up to 12 oh, God, rooms. In, you, sorry, 
I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to explain it to you without it sounding boring, but there's no way that well, I can do that. I'm just going to state the facts. Okay, yeah. in a dungeon there are up to twelve rooms, and you know whoa, some whoa, of the whoa, rooms whoa, whoa, have whoa, whoa, whoa. Not in my up to twelve. There are some with less than twelve rooms. Yeah, so this is a static. Basically, Dave, it's up to twelve rooms. The twelve being the. You know, you're talking to Gareth, who's a seasoned PC pro. You think 12 rooms is going to do him anything? No, 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 this is it. I'm not, I'm not suggesting. Can I, can I mod the game to have 13 rooms, Dave? Yeah. No, you can't. Fuck oh. off. Okay, so it's a static experience where once you enter the dungeon, you can't exit it. So you have to go through as many rooms as the dungeon has. Some of these rooms, so say for example, the first room has enemies in it. You kill those enemies and then it will shift you through to the next room. That one might have a treasure chest in it. And then there's a whole mechanic with the party system where whoever's turn it is, is the person who unlocks the um, chest. Whatever's in the chest, you can either collect it and be selfish and keep it to yourself or you can share it between the party members say if it's gold coins we usually share it because we're nice people but some dickheads might steal it <laughs> other yeah. people might be because they're different classes obviously it's a dungeon dragon style game so oh. if you pick up a staff and you're a hunter you might say right i'm going to give that to my brother who's a mage that makes sense so it's a whole collaborative effort to get through these dungeons you don't know how many rooms are in that dungeon from the outside which means and you don't know the level of the enemies either so you're going in it blind which means what happened to us the last time we went into a dungeon we were grossly under uh, under leveled and um underprepared so uh, we just about made it out without our characters completely dying um it's fun i'm enjoying it um, it's not a game which is for everyone, but I think it's a game worth uh, exploring, even if it's just for the first chapter. Um, yeah, it's worth a shot. Especially if you've got a small party of people who like a casual chit-chat and a play game. Yeah, because that's perfect right. English. Or so Human like, Full yeah. Flat is also good. Thank you. That is a great game. Yeah, Human Fall Fat is fantastic and really fucking challenging. Some of the no, puzzles... It's funny. Yeah, no, no. But, but but the puzzles, they seem easy. And you're like, oh, I yeah. know exactly what to do. And then you realise that you're a ragdoll and you can't fucking yeah. hold things. And then hilarity ensues. I was talking to the up. developer of that game and uh, he said he got the uh, he got the inspiration watching his toddler uh, try and navigate a room. And you can really <laughs> see that in the way that the... The characters move in that game. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. But yeah, so many times have um, we tried to solve this puzzle, um, picking up a steel girder and just KOing. Because you yeah. can, there's eight people I think we played with, which is the maximum wow. party size. Yeah. Uh, wow. And it's just, it's up, just up fucking eight hilarious. Yes, up Gareth, to that's eight nothing. people. Gareth. Gareth's played it with 500 people on his PC mod. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, what, Human's all flat? I played yeah. with 750 people, mate. Yeah. One game. We just all laid down and just made a bridge to the end. All yeah. right? Because we're fucking heroes. That's what we are. He is Two my heroes. heroes. Uh, but no, 
it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to, like I said, completing God of War, exploring um, more games on the Game Pass outside of the arcade games that I have been exploring. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to my six weeks of watching movies and playing games. Playing turf. And laying turf to exercise. <laughs> But do enjoy it, Dave. Uh, yeah. I would ask you if there's any more games you've been playing, but I'm worried about you know what you're going to say. <laughs> I amaze me then, Rob. Um, what game on Game Pass yeah. am I missing out on, which you highly recommend? <clears throat> okay. Well, depends what sort of games you're into. Really. No, in your opinion, because obviously I've got shit tasting game, so it, yeah. it, 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 it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> right, doesn't matter so, what I think. You tell me what I should matter be what you think. You tell me uh, what I should be playing. Okay, sorry. Come on, I right. want to know. <clears throat> so, there's a little game called Metro Exodus. <laughs> yeah, that is on there. That is on there, actually. I forgot it was on there. <laughs> and the fact that you've been playing playing my Willy four people in 12 rooms, whatever it's called, <laughs> is ridiculous. And you haven't even touched Metro Exodus. <laughs> So, you like the social side of gaming, which is weird. I do like the social side of gaming. Okay. Um, I hate- although, although I am I am leading towards hating it. Yeah. Um, I played Apex last night for about two hours, and I was like, I really want to play God of War, because no one was screaming in my ear. Yeah. And it was really nice just to play a game where I can just play the game. There's Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I think that's a fantastic I, game. Yeah, I do need to play two end games as well. Yeah. Have you played all of them? Um, I've played and completed the first one of the new trilogy. I've half completed the second one. Gareth uh, hasn't played yet. He hasn't even played Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Have you not? I completed no. that first one, the first like sort of remakey one. That that's did. what I'm saying. I like that. The second one, I was Rise of the Tomb Raider, I wasn't too keen. But this one's really good. I was actually surprised by how good it was. It's like Uncharted level good. What, and it the got third a lot one? Of when it came out, yeah. Oh, right, so I've got. Yeah, right. I was. I'll smash through. Um, I'll smash through two then. I won't do the, you know, tomb hunts and stuff like that. I'll just do the story. Yeah, you don't need to do the tomb hunts. So, uh, Wolfenstein two. I've yep. got that downloaded. Just waiting to... But has Dave played it? No, he's not. Uh, no, of course I haven't, no. See, there's three games already to get you going. Yeah, good point, actually. I've games for what? Right? <laughs> what did you say, St. Gareth? Sorry. I said I've got one as well. Uh... Go on, mate. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's video game music segment. I'm the host of the segment, Gareth. Uh, This episode's been a little strange, it's just sort of us guys talking uh, a little bit more personal, so there's not really segments that I can insert the music into, so I've just sort of picked a point roughly halfway through, I don't know, maybe it's a bit earlier than halfway, but um, this week's music segment, I'll be playing for you the main theme from Monster Hunter. 
Montessori world, to be more precise. Uh, you'll hear me talking about it soon in the What Have We Been Playing segment, which is the entire tea of this podcast. Um, this is the version of the main theme that plays over the end credits. Um, it just takes the main theme and just sort of explores it a little bit more. It's really good. This game has some great music, very catchy, and that will stick with you. So, without further ado, this is the main theme from Monster Hunter World.
I've been playing the PC version of Game Pass, which uh, it seems like a lot less choice. Um, but what is there is pretty good. Uh, the game that I played on it is called Void Bastards. You can't say that. Uh, void B words. Just say void people who are born without their parents in marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it rolls off the tongue, Rob. That's what I like. It about. does. Um, which is a. I don't know why I didn't name it in the first place, if I'm honest. <laughs> like, you know, void. Illit- what's saying? Children who were born outside of wedlock. That's it. Yeah. Perfect. Right, Dave, let's listen to Gareth now because Gareth did respect you while you were talking. Yeah. He did. It's true. Yeah. Um, Void Bastards is it's called a roguelike, the um, the genre, which is where basically you start a character from like the beginning, and when it dies, you start a new character, but the first character's progress will sort of carry over. Um, Isn't okay. that what Dave's game was kind of like? Kind of. Yeah, apart from the fact that um, in For the Kin, when your character dies, the inventory yeah. gets saved. But all of the stats get reset. Boring, Gareth. Your one sounds so much better. Carry on. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> it looks so much better, actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a similar style to. Do you remember that game Thirteen? Yes. For, like ten years old for like the GameCube. It was like it looked like comic book art um, style. Yes. Try fifteen. Fifteen. I think it came out in two thousand and three. Holy shit! Well, Jesus, there we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that game looked like a comic book, and so does Void Bastards. Um, the gameplay is first-person shooter. Um, oh you travel to ships, and on board those ships are enemies and resources, so like food or fuel, or like something to upgrade a weapon or ammo for weapons. And mm. you go aboard these ships, and you fight these enemies, and you collect resources, then you go back to your ship. And you move on to the next place. Um, which sounds very simple, and it is, but it ramps up really intelligently. Uh, it's free if you have Game Pass, which is a big... Is it multiplayer or single player? It's single player. But it's got a very I'm good, sold. like... <laughs> it's got a very good, like, you can play it for 30 minutes <laughs> and save it and put it away type thing. Or you can play it for four hours Yeah, uh, and make a bunch of progress. It's got... A, Nice feel to the shooting, but there's also a lot of tactical stuff. Like there's some ships will have their own automated defenses and you can hack those. So then they'll shoot enemies for you or you can bring along a weapon that will stun electronic stuff. So you can sacrifice, uh, circumvent the ship's security that way, but then that's taking up a oh, weapon slot. So, uh, uh, yeah, you're sort of making decisions about how you want to play and you're constantly upgrading weapons, and you'll get a new weapon that you've never tried, and you'll try it, and you might hate it, but then later on it might get, like, double the fire rate, so then all of a sudden this weapon you didn't like is one that you... <laughs> it's worth, it's worth using. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's got a good ramp that way that sort of encourages you to experiment. Um, Yeah, it, it's it's not that difficult. Like, basically... The first time your character dies is like scripted. It's like the first level is a bit of a tutorial and your character dies. And then the next character they give you has a negative trait on it. He's a smoker. So he coughs randomly for once in a while, which ruins stealth. So if you're trying to sneak up on something and you cough, all the enemies around you are alerted. But I ended up not dying with him. I just completed the game with him. So like, 
I didn't find it that difficult. <laughs> I've heard other people on other podcasts like, oh, I'll just die and move on to the next guy and die again and move on to the next guy and die again. Um, I don't understand that myself. Um, seemed very easy. Right, so Karen, Void Bastards. What are you saying about Void Bastards? Is it a good game or is it a bad game? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Void Bastards. Um, not, good. Not that difficult. Very easy to sort of min-max. You know the way you do in, say, Fallout, where you have, like, three weapons that you know you really like, so you just have infinite ammo for those guns because you're just always collecting the ammo and you're just selling everything you don't need very effectively, so you have a shitload of money as well. Void Bastards, I got to that point very quickly where I was like, okay, I understand how to get my ammo up ridiculously high and nothing was ever really an issue. The enemies weren't that difficult. I was avoiding the harder stuff pretty easily. Um, but I enjoyed it. I would thoroughly recommend it, especially if you're already on Game Pass. It it basically was on Game Pass the day it came out as well, so it's only been out like a month. That sounds good. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, actually, yeah. Is it better than Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events on PS2? Oh, I don't know, actually. Mm. I feel like I need to download that game. Yeah. Is Lemony Snicket on uh, Game Pass? Should be. But it was originally on PlayStation 2. Hmm. So, Well, I mean, if you can get your hands on both, that would be my uh, ideal recommendation. Good. And you're telling me you've only played Void Bastards? No, I've also played Monster Hunter. Uh, mm, I ran out of speed. I can see why. I very nearly did several times. Yeah. I, I I got to a point with my uh, me and Michael doing a co-op um, like story, and like you said, it got to a point where I was like, okay, then yeah, I've got to this final area, yeah, I can do this. And then one of the kids at work just went, oh no, it doesn't end there. And then I went, oh, oh okay, <laughs> I uh, just what? And he was like, oh no, no, that then unlocks like the final area, and there's like seven different regions in the. And I was like, oh. Oh god, this game is so Japanese. I just think I, I just think <laughs> I got, I got it too quickly, and I sort of thought that's it, isn't it? Like this is going to be the gameplay loop from now on. Yeah, literally. You know? Find and the I weakness think... of the of the monster. Um, upgrade your weapons for its yeah. weakness. Upgrade your armor for its for you know uh, the strength. Um, pretty much counterbalance the monster. Hunt it capture it, do all the side quests to get all the loot from that sort of monster, and then move on. And like you said, that, that's the gameplay. Yeah, that's bit. why I have problems with games like that, because once I get that gameplay loop, or I sort of, the you see behind the curtain, as you would say, mm-hmm. you see yeah. the that play, like I did with, uh, what's that game? State of Decay. Right. I thought it was alright at first, but then once you get what it does, that loop, that's it for me. Like, I can't pretend that I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, I and... felt that exact same way. But what I found was every time you get to the point where you're like, okay, now I'm going to look behind the curtain, there was actually more stuff yeah. there. Uh, it happened several times. Like, the first time it happened was, see, you have a few choices of weapon upgrades early on. And then you get to a point in the story where the game is like, okay, now here's another tear on the tree. And it's like, yeah. okay, okay, I see he's expanding out. Some of these weapons have, like, treed off. And then you play for another, like, I don't know, 
10 hours. And then it's like, and here's another rung on the tree. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. fuck. Now all these weapons, like, some do ice damage. Some do fire damage, but have negative affinity. So that's a whole different thing. And it's just sort of, the depth just kept expanding out very slowly, but it was there. And it just, like, yeah. I've, I'm a hundred hours into playing that game. I've been playing it, like, every night what? with my two friends in London. And there's still stuff that, like, you poke away at it and it's like yep behind that there's even more little bits of depth and it's just tiny little bits of depth just keep showing themselves and keep showing themselves and i prepared this pun like two weeks ago so i hope you're you're impressed you're ready okay you don't have to get us ready for a pun <laughs> you, oh, whatever pun is you just do it and then people decide whether it's good well i don't give it an introduction i didn't want dave to talk over it he's been talking over a, okay. a, a lot this week oh fucking hell yeah <laughs> Monster Hunter. Him, Monster Hunter, guys. It's got his claws in me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that landed. Yes, that landed. That well good. done. Yes, <laughs> yes, that did. Thanks, yes, guys. Yes, well yeah. done. But notice, by the way, yeah, I was silent. Oh. I was silent throughout the whole time that you were talking. Cheers, Dave. No, you weren't. Well, I was for most of it. Hey, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Uh, Monster Hunter's great, and I didn't think I was a Monster Hunter guy, and then I played a hundred hours of it, and I am. I think like uh, Final Fantasy and Monster Hunter, a lot of these Japanese games, I think, I don't know what it is, but they put a bit more Western DNA in their games, and Mm. games like Monster Hunter, which were previously inaccessible or had a really niche audience, uh, same as people like me who didn't particularly play Final Fantasy before, but loved Final Fantasy, whatever. Mm. Uh, was it 13? Always getting mixed up. The one that you 14. got really into. 15, yeah. I think it was 15. 15. 15, yeah. Yeah, it's 15. Uh, it's 14 in tradi- Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, let me double uh, check. Carry on. But uh, the purists really didn't like it. The same as the purists of Monster Hunter didn't really like this Monster Hunter. Yeah. So they can play Monster Hunter on the Switch which is a bit more of their traditional style. Um, so, yeah, same with, you know, Resident Evil and Devil May Cry. All of these traditional Japanese games, and Metal Gear Solid even, had more Western influence in Metal Gear 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, even though it's diluting the Japanese games, and you don't really get those strange... I mean, the indie scene in Japan isn't very big either. I don't know if that's correct, or that's just me thinking that. I definitely mm. don't recall seeing many Japanese indie games about. Yeah. So, so, so I can't I really name one. A renaissance there in the coming years mm-hmm. where, you know, they start to rebel somewhat because, you know, to say anything is quintessentially Japanese anymore is quite hard. I can't remember the last time I played a game that was like, wow, this is Japanese and Hideo Kojima's kind of flying that flag. But it's more the premise of the game rather than the gameplay itself. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. With Death Stranding, I'm not. Well, I mean, we don't know what the fuck that game is yet. I can't yeah. fucking clue. No one knows what it is. Even when you play it and complete it, you're not going to fucking know what it is. Same with Metal Gear. Just don't get what it is. <laughs> I think um, this is the thing about Metal Gear, though. I kind of was following <laughs> it, uh, probably up until four. It made sense, yeah, um, because it felt like it was a conclusive story. 
And then Metal Gear 5 threw, I think, about seven curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> you went, great. Just completely lost track of where the fuck this was going. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there a vampire in Metal Gear Solid 4? Yes, vamp. Vamp. Okay. He's on Metal Gear Solid 2. When you killed oh. him. And he's a side... No, he's got... Uh, everything in Metal Gear Solid can be explained by one word, and it's nanomachines. Okay. Nanomachines control anything unusual. Psychic powers, he's been injected with nanomachines. He's a vampire-esque person who drinks blood because he's weird. That's got nothing to do with the fact... Uh, he's regenerative abilities and the fact that he, can, he moves like a vampire. Nanomachines. Anything else, nanomachines. That's all it is. And you're like, okay, cool. Because when you hear nanomachines, you tend not to argue. No, yeah, that is it, yeah. What are nanomachines? And then I remember uh, there's a perfect quote from like Metal Gear Solid 1 where Snake just goes, I don't really understand what nanomachines are. And then Otacon's just like, they're just very small machines. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like, there's no other explanation. Really? Na- like, nanomachines oh, okay. are the mum of your mum machines. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Again, landed. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I enjoyed that one. That's good. I one. enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, so, what have I been playing? Rob. Yeah, I was about to ask. I, I, not only do I want to know what you've been playing, but you've been making some lofty assertions on mm. WhatsApp in regards to one game that nobody likes. So, I'm very curious to see what you're on about. Right, like I played some like terrible games. In the past, like games where um, you just—it's unanimous that it, it's totally bad. Uh-huh. Um, but my friend got game uh, Days Gone, and I thought to myself, I'd like to borrow that off of him because it hasn't really come down in price. Normally, my buying point for any game, good or bad, no matter what sort of reception it's got, is around twenty pound. Um, so I, I borrowed Days Gone, and you know, from all the reviews and stuff like that, the amount it was hated on. You just expected it to be not an unplayable mess, but you would expect it to be sort of playable, but not really stick around in you. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm a hipster and it's like if I hear people are beating on something or making it seem like it's terrible, I'll try and see the value in it. And it's also that psychological edge of this game got a six. Like that was the majority of six. And we've yeah. been speaking a while now how. Average now tends to be eight. Nine yeah. tends to be good. Ten seems to be essential on a free. IGN will be like seven out of ten. Meh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better yeah. than half so, the score. Fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, so I can't remember what IGN gave Days Got. I think it was a six point eight. Okay. Dave, you're gonna have to double check. You look it up, one of you. Whoever's got the fastest PC, which is Gareth. Oh, well, like 6.5. You weren't oh, off. What? You got there so quick. How did you get there so quick? <laughs> it's just, it's just amazing. Mate, it's fucking... nanomachines. It nano didn't help that I accidentally yeah. typed uh, gaze done. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, look, no one asked you what you're searching and watching <laughs> afterwards. Okay, go. We are, this is a game central pod, podcast, not a gay central podcast. <laughs> Am I right? And even if it was, we would welcome everyone to listen to it. Exactly, because we are not discriminatory no, people. No. Unless they're very, very uh, short, so, eh, Dave? Exactly. 
<laughs> from IGN. IGN give everything an eight. It doesn't matter what it is. It gave <laughs> if like Devil May Cry five and nine point seven or whatever it was. So close to perfection. It was stupid. So six point five is literally a three, as yeah. far as I'm. I just, I just love the thought of like you know Sims and like it it, it just says um, you know bog standard sim games didn't really play it eight out of ten <laughs> like yeah. you know they just give it bog standard eight out of ten not even going to fucking judge it don't care yeah and so everyone else was it seemed like at the time it was quite popular to trash on it and if anyone said anything good about it it was kind of oh no no because the the big public consciousness which is gaming is is kind of that of we all must agree you know the critics have given us the answer yeah and now we must listen to them uh we can't make decisions for ourselves but i've been playing it for uh, the last week now and it's i mean it's not incredible it's not going to win any game of the year awards mm. but the fact is it's a better game than the likes of Far Cry, it's it's better than the likes of um, State of Decay, which is I was something. I to say because everyone was comparing it to State of Decay. Yeah, and a lot of people were comparing it to The Last of Us, which shows just how little people actually know when it comes to comparing games. Mm-hmm. It's mm. got nothing really in common with The Last of Us. It's more got in common with saying like State of Decay, like a big budget State of Decay, and. The story starts off with you and your friend, Boozer. Uh, you're kind of trying to survive in the wasteland. And it has uh, sort of flashbacks to what happened before. And basically, Boozer gets injured earlier on in the game. Uh, you mm. lose your bike. And a lot of it is you trying to get yourself back on your feet, uh, working within the communities in the game. Uh, there's three that I've found so far. And they have sort of different moralities. One is that everyone should work, everyone should put in uh, work together uh, for a better outcome. Sorry, sorry, Uh, I I don't want to stop your train of thought. Are you rubbing peanut M&Ms on your microphone while you talk? (laughs) No. Right, there we go, that's better, isn't it? Perfect. That is better. Thanks for letting me know, because last time you didn't. (laughs) Was it beard Oh, it was beard. My beard's just growing up. Yeah, okay. So, so Tucker, shut up! (laughs) So, Tucker, she sort of slave drives her people. People don't particularly like living in her camp, but they do because it's safer than being out there. Then you've got Copeland, who's more of a, uh, he's sort of a, I don't know, an ideal world guy. He's into conspiracies and stuff like that. And then you've got Iron Mike, not Mike Tyson. And he, <laughs> more of a people should live together in harmony. People yes. should work together for a common goal. So already, yeah, already it's got that kind of morality system there that you don't necessarily adhere to. But there again, you're a biker. But I mean, the way the world's realized, uh, a lot of people were annoyed that they were maybe missold the concept of the game where there were these zombie hordes. And I feel that, you know, they're more of a highlight of the game. I think if they were, if they were talking too much in the game, it would become too overwhelming. It wouldn't be too fun to look around. 
And it's like The Walking Dead, when every now and then you'll come across a horde and it's like, shit, this is a big thing. So yeah. I'm playing it on hard, which is good. But I think if you had the hordes too much, it would... I think one of the reasons as well is the hardware that it's running on. Uh, I mean, yeah. the game really stutters when you come across large hordes because I don't play on the PS4 Pro. I think had it been like released on PS4 Pro or something like the Xbox One X, you would have more hordes. And I think, obviously, yeah. if it's released in the next generation or whatnot, I think they had to make some sacrifices to get it running on the base hardware. Um, I've got to say, Rob, I'm very surprised to hear that because I feel like all they showed leading up to the game's launch was hordes, hordes, hordes. Look at these hordes. Look how many zombies. Look at all the hordes. Hordes. Do you think they just yeah. completely mismarketed it? So when people played the game, they were like, "The fuck, this isn't what they showed? Yeah. So I think the they mismarketed it, yeah. And, and, you know, they were caught out because at the end of the day, I think a lot of what people wanted is something along the lines of World War Z mm. or that, that, that kind of zombies just pouring out of every direction. Yeah. And I think while that's good, obviously a World War Z game has been released. Mm. I think it'll get quite boring quite quickly because they're, they're more like challenges and a lot of the reviewers sort of, sort of, annoyed that that wasn't the case but they're more like challenges come to a certain section where zombies have sorry they call them stalkers or whatever mm. have been allowed to congregate in an area for a while um and it, it's more like shit how do i navigate myself out of this this in the same of like walking dead or anything like that i'm not yeah. really up for zombies coming at you on mass and like i say yeah. i think a lot of it was having to downgrade the game to work on the uh base ps4 i genuinely think in their yeah. mind they thought that they could have more of these hordes but unfortunately it was been unable to make i mean the game goes into single digits when it comes to frame rate for at a first party sony game that is shocking it is shocking but it only happens every now and then and once all the zombies are kind of on screen it does sort of go up again with the frame rate it's just as they're kind of loaded into the game Mm-hmm. If yeah. you can imagine that happening, um, but I mean the atmosphere is great. The graphics are really good, even for the base model. Um, I just don't necessarily agree with what everyone was doing. I don't know if it was a kind of okay, everyone, let's get back to basics because a lot of people were saying eight out of ten has now become the industry standard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it. I would give it about an eight out of ten. But a serious. And one. I'm not. A more yeah. serious eight out of ten. Yeah, it's not five out of, out of 10. ten or a six out of ten. Yeah. If you get this game for twenty pounds, I don't know if it's because I played it post patch. If there's something quite bad about it in the beginning, um, but the game's just got a nice flow to it. You can, the game continues with the main story. Each story thread has got a percentage, so the game does that automatically. So I think what a lot of people. Uh, uh, which breaks up the flow of the story is they did a lot of side missions and the side missions can detract you from what's going on. I think with the actual main story, you have to keep on it. You can't really go off and do the side missions because you'll get sidetracked and then it will be like, oh, what am I doing again? So a lot of the side quests are very, uh, very normal, very something you'd expect. It's like yeah, destroy the tires or rescue these people. And the game does forward for that. But 
I mean, the open world isn't that interesting, but then it's made to be navigated on bike. Right. So once you get off the bike, there's not much to look at. I mean, it's sprawling yeah. forests, woodlands, desert. You know, there's nothing there. It reminds <laughs> yeah. me a lot of. It's made uh, to look interesting when you're riding past it, but not stopping yeah. staring. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, a lot like Birmingham. So, we've got big shiny buildings now. Think, oh, I'm going to go and explore. That's when the game sort of falls apart. Yeah. Um, it's like there's towns, but then they're separated by long roads that you just burn down on your bike. Um, the bike's uh, good to drive, it's decent. The gun combat is quite, it's, it's similar to The Last of Us, where you're not going to be a, a, a trained killer with silky skilled moves. It does get better with upgrading, but at the beginning it's very basic. Um, I just think overall, it's one of those games, if you enjoy Dying Light, and I'm one of these people that enjoys coming into a town, searching it, taking my time, you have to get scrap, you have to get pieces like that, and I can understand why some people would find that quite mundane. But I'm the kind of guy that will play Red Dead Redemption 2 and just ride off with my horse and just walk somewhere and collect plants, shoot a few deer. That's the way I play games. I'm not one of these action-heavy gamers. When I play a game, I want to take the whole atmosphere in, uh, similar to what I do with Dying Light. It's also very similar to Mad Max game, which not a lot of people played, but that was quite good. In that If you follow what the story wants you to do, it's good. It's very organised and, and very good. But once you start going off the beaten track to try and find something else, it's not going to be there. You're not going to go off and find stories where, you know, in Grand Theft Auto or the best open world games like Skyrim and stuff like that, where you can tell people, oh, this happened to me or that happened to me. That's not going to happen. Yeah. If it's gone. You're not going to have these sandbox experiences that are just for you. There are ones, but you know, when you're in a town and you're raiding cupboards, trying to get scrap to repair your bike because you know you're not going to make it back to base because you're going to come across zombies, or, you know, or yeah. your bike's going to be in disrepair. And then you hear sort of bikes pull up outside and you know it's like a rival gang or something like that. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Really good. Oh, sounds... you... So, I think like I you would... said, with um, a, lot of the, a lot of the things that you're describing doesn't remind me of State of Decay. Um, but for some reason that got like eights and nines to be like, oh, amazing copy, you know, amazing game. But like you said, it's like in State of Decay, you're driving from one settlement to the other. But the yeah. difference is, is that it was empty and then suddenly you go into a house, you make a noise and then suddenly a horde of zombies attacked you from nowhere. And it was like instantaneous action. And uh, that's what made me stop playing it I was just like, oh, no yeah that's not I think, you know it's for a generational thing as well i think if you can make your own entertainment and you're not someone that has to be always online and connected or always being chased by zombies and going lol uh for the win and all <laughs> stuff like that and doing like backflips off of tables if you can sit down and you're a mature gamer and you can actually get you you know, turn off all distractions. Don't sit there playing on your phone at the same time while cutscenes are on. Um, or be someone that skips cutscenes. Um, a friend of mine did when we used to play like co-op games. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I don't no, understand. Do yeah, what are you doing? Unforgivable. Uh, oh, if you yeah. could just, 
you know, just calm down. You don't have to be chased by hordes of zombies. You know, if if you're if you're trying to do a mission and there's two zombies in the distance, and because you're playing on hard, if those zombies try and team up with you and you've run out of ammo, and you're going to have to melee attack them with a knife, if that is what you find thrilling, then Days Gone is the game for you. But if you want to be chased by 300 zombies on screen while firing a rocket launcher at them and laughing, <laughs> this isn't the game for you. I've got to think- Play Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much. People just want that visceral combat experience now. They want to. Everything yeah. has to be a hundred mile an hour. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I'm saying. And and another thing is like games. The product of gaming now, the product of what they are, almost seems to be more important than the actual gameplay. We look at the likes of Fortnite. I've got my son, <coughs> who's coming in that age where he's starting to tell me about games, whereas before. <coughs> He could only access what, what I gave you had. him. Yeah, exactly. I'd get in the Wii U. But now he's got, he knows how to use it and he's got his own consoles, stuff like that. He's coming to me and he's telling me about these games and he's telling me about Hello Neighbor. But he hasn't yeah. played it. He's watched other people play it. Right. And yeah. I don't like the game. Like We were sitting down playing it because he wanted to play it and I downloaded it on Game Pass. But it's not a good game. I don't no. know if you have ever played it. No, again, I've watched Hello Neighbor um, on a couple of streams on YouTube. And again, it's one of those games. It's one of those videos, actually, that I was watching. Like, So I put the dog to bed and then I wait 20 minutes oh, for him to go to sleep. Oh, wait, talk about the wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's going to say. It's like she's not here. I put the yeah. fucking dog to bed and I wait until she falls asleep otherwise she wants fucking attention, innit? Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> All the time. Uh, you know what I mean, right? Um, no, exactly what, no what the actual the actual pet dog. So I put yeah. him to sleep and then for him to like relax and like just go to sleep and I don't think we should... It, this routine that we set up was mainly when he was a puppy but we're still doing it. But these videos are 20 yeah, minutes long. They the were perfect. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I know, but what I mean is, yeah, is that like he he goes to sleep quicker anyway. These twenty-minute videos were great, but I remember. Hang watching... on, no, no, no. This needs some further discussion. What? So you wait until your dog's in bed before you play games or something? No. Okay. So hang on, hang on. I'm saying is that I watched this Hello Neighbor series on YouTube because the video lengths on YouTube were like the correct size. For me, just to sit down, watch something whilst the dog's going to sleep so that I can go upstairs and go to sleep. What? Okay. It's a no, routine no, no, that we set no. when he was just, a puppy. You're past this like it's nothing. Uh, well, it is. It's normal. No. Like, when he was a puppy, when he was a puppy and yeah. getting used to falling asleep in the kitchen on his own where he wouldn't cry yeah. because... You know, your dogs used to cry as well. Do you remember that awful stage yeah, where they, they used to... Shut up! Yeah, no, this is it. Say, shut up! And then it goes, eh, and sort of goes back a bit. And then you shut the door, and then if it does it again, you come down and you say it again. You don't say, oh, don't worry about it, mate. Let me come and sleep in your dog bed with you. Go on, no. I'll give you a little cuddle while you fall asleep in my arms. No, that's not exactly what we did, is it? fucking fine let me fully explain it because obviously this now it's going to sidetrack into how i raise my pet right so 
our living room and kitchen are joined. We don't have a door. We just got a doorway. Okay, there is a stair gate. So when he was a puppy, we put him into the kitchen, closed the stair gate, and then I used to sit in the living room whilst he got comfortable and fell asleep. It, it's not the fact that I used to stay up. I just used to say, right, you're in there. For 20 minutes, I'm going to watch something. Then I'm going to go to bed. Okay. In that 20-minute period, I used to watch the Hello Neighbor series, and it was a beta, right, it used to be an alpha into the beta stage. And then when the full game was released, like you said, it wasn't really that good. It was, uh, the, the mystery of the game was more intriguing to me than what the gameplay was. Because I actually, from the beta, was interested in playing it. But once I actually saw the, the gameplay... It didn't yes, really no. turn out to be much, did it? No. It's like there's a there's a collection of puzzles that aren't really clear about how you're going to solve no, them. But the thing is, Dave, these companies through YouTube revenue and whatnot, they yeah. make their money back from the game, regardless of whether it's good or not. Mm. And they probably make the money back before the game's even released. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. And that's what's wrong. You know, a lot of the games as well, like, I, 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 was, I looked at a couple of people play it. Because there's one of the puzzles where they had to get past this gate. And everyone kind of glitches past it by jumping onto a wall, which has this invisible platform, which shouldn't really be there, and then jumping around the gate. And I was like, is there a way to solve this puzzle where the gate just opens? Because that's obviously what the game designer wants you to do. And I looked through countless videos up to this point um, in the series... And I was like, no one, there, there's no way to solve this puzzle because there's a, just, there's just invi- this invisible platform that everyone keeps glitching across. Yeah. And it seems like there is no actual solution to the puzzle to get the gate open. doesn't need it's, to be. It's like the developers went, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. As long yeah. as they can get around it, that's fine. I have a question. And I was, what sorry, game are you talking Karen. about? I don't Hello know what neighbor. the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Hello, neighbour. What is it? It's a uh, it's, it's a weird game. It's just weird. You honestly need to look it up. It's basically you play a young boy, and your neighbour, he's keeping something in his basement. Okay. You don't know what it is. You want to know what it is. So you have to try to figure out how to get to the basement without him catching you. All of these kids' games are very sinister. And I keep saying this to Jack, my son's mum. <laughs> yeah, keep saying to like, yeah. you're, He's watching these things, weird. but they're very sinister. It's like he's into something called Baldi's Basics as well at the moment. And basically what happens with games, B-A-L-D-I-S, B-A-S-I-C-S. Oh, so he was yeah. going on about his Baldi's Oh, thing. fucking hell. And... Do you remember, Gareth, those weird games that you used to get, like learning games? Yes. This was like in the early, like in the late 1990s, and they would be yeah, terrible like fucking graphics. Windows Millennia graphics. Yeah. Like oh those sort of really weird. terrible graphics. Now, this game, it's got song spin-offs, it's got action figure spin-offs, it's like, but it's not really a game. It's terrible. When you see it, like we played it because you can download it on PC and stuff like that. It's literally Gareth, look it up because I can't explain like how what it looks like. Is it, yeah, no, is I, it I bad on purpose? It. 
Yes. It, yeah. Okay. No, I don't know. No, I think the graphics are purposely bad. Like, it's obviously running off the retro feel that these hipster kids crave. Yeah. But all the little kids love it. Like, from the age of four onwards. All the really young kids. So, he knows he knows all the songs. He can recite all of the words from it. And... and you know, these games, not like us when we were younger. We used to like Sonic on the Mega Drive. We used to turn it off. That was it. But now, you know, you've got the clothes. You've got the songs. You've got the games. You've got the lyrics. You've got... It's just a big, massive product now. And the these YouTube games... YouTube theories. Yeah, YouTube and stuff like that. And basically, you just have to go around different classes. And you have to... But you can't really complete the game. So you go into one of the things. Baldy's basically the maths teacher in the school. And you go into one of the classrooms, and he's like, okay, it's maths. And it goes, what's four plus four? And then you have to put it in eight. And it goes, what's five plus five? And then you go ten. Then it sort of glitches and goes, what's plus... And Jack's like, oh, no, Dad, you don't know what that is. And I'm like, no, because it just literally just made a noise. And then... (laughs) And then I put, I put whatever, 15. And then my brother busted someone, Dad, oh, Baldy's coming now. He's not happy because you got it wrong. And you go out in the corridor and he's just following you, just whacking a ruler on his hand. What the fuck? And it's like, Baldy doesn't like it when you get wrong. And then, like, the head teacher comes along, which is basically just a sprite of a man. Um, and he's just got his finger up in the air. Or there's a little girl that wants to play and she's going around with a ball. And you have to dodge all of these people and it's just like a fucking acid trip. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to describe it. It's just fucked. And my son is literally sitting there absorbing all of this information. Nonsense. You know, I thought Fortnite and that were bad. But there's like this little indie scene that's caught sort of fucking the dark web that all the kids have tuned into <laughs> we can't even understand it's like a Newgrounds games did you ever play Newgrounds games yes like the no, flash games it's like um, weird things like you know what's the time Mr. Wolf yeah and then you'll be like five o'clock and you go up but they're simulated through games now like really basic premises but they're there to like jump scare the kids and they yeah, well, don't work they, yeah. and they turn them into fucking horror games yeah. <laughs> and they're all so sinister yeah. I don't know what we're doing, Dave. So fucking weird. Gareth, what are we doing? Uh, I don't know, mate. We were <sighs> talking about Days Gone and then we skewed into Creepy Yeah, Kids it was games. a massive tangent on the Creepy I just said game. Days Gone, buy it. If it's 20 quid, buy it. If you're someone that likes uh, Dying Light, if you're someone that can entertain yourself, if you're someone that can sit in front of a computer and don't need to be, you know, a hundred mile an hour. If you can take things at your own pace, then days gone. You, I think you'll enjoy it. And I don't, like, I can't say what it was like before the patch mm-hmm. because, you know, it could have been dreadful, but you know, it, it's, it's a, a good game. It's better than Far Cry. It does things that Far Cry tries to do, but it does it better. It's better than all of these games that always just automatically get an eight out of 10. You made a compelling argument for it. I'll give you that. Yeah, I can't promise I'm actually going to play it. I oh, know there's too much uh, good stuff to play. 
<laughs> so outside there's um, there's too many Sherlock no, Holmes guys. If you get the opportunity to give it a go, then you know if you find it cheap somewhere. When when it's a PS Plus game two months from now, I'll add it to my uh, yeah. account. But yeah. no, it's I think it's the biggest selling game this year. What? So yeah, so you know it doesn't matter what the uh, critics think because people will buy an open world zombie game. So hopefully enough <laughs> of those people enjoyed it. No, yes. You know, just go zombies. <laughs> oh. It's hard to and compete against the, the the attraction of a open world zombie game. <laughs> well, it is you can't? There, is there a hot hotter like game setting at the moment? Uh, yeah, chess well. that plays itself. Yeah, that that would be good, Gareth. But what I'm saying to you is, you know, battle royale, zombies. That <laughs> start. Did you did you hear the recent quote from Hideo Kojima about battle royale games? What was it? He's so great. No, it's fucking diamond. He said, um, he said, if you want to create a hey, game... Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, that's, not, that's not his accent. you got to do it properly, Dave. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Just not going to do that. Just not going to do that at all. Okay, like I said, we're allowed one offensive thing. I use it against small people. All right. Okay, yeah. not going to use it against those Asians, which we love. We love and we do not discriminate against. He said, we if like you want to make money in games... Yeah. Just make a game based around a singular island where everyone kills each other. That's not the sort of game that I want to make. Which is and that was that yeah. was in a that was in response to a question in a Death Stranding conference um, about he's oh um, I think the journalist said something like um a lot of people say that your your games are quite unique and quirky like what do you, what's your response to that. And that was his extremely cryptic and probably I didn't answer the question response. <laughs> to, I make games which are not mainstream. Yeah, but what is Death Stranding? And then he just out. But it's just bullshit. That's the problem. It's not like some... Oh, we've already said this a hundred times. <laughs> it's almost like this idea that everyone has to play along with. Like this unsaid thing of... Like, yeah, it's a genius. Just, yeah. But yeah, saying, yeah, no, yeah. he's not. Oh shit! No, 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 no he's a genius. Oh, okay. If you, yeah, if I think, you, I think a lot of people have said as well. Like I've, I've seen um, PlayStation Access did a video as well about like their greatest moments, and one person said um, interviewing Hideo Kojima was one of the, the greatest moments of his uh, game journalist career. Yeah. And then everyone was like, oh, people keep saying that he's really hard to interview, but I don't think it's that bad. And then they showed clips of he, of the interview. And he yeah. generally takes, like, the unedited, by the way, clips of the interview. And he takes about six minutes to answer a single question. Yeah, It's not yeah. even a fact that he... That, that, and that's because he's talking to a translator who then translates it. No, he generally just... He starts a point and then stops and stares into the distance like some sort of artist for yeah. about 30 seconds and then <laughs> oh continues God. the point and then yeah. continues the point to his translator who's the most patient man in the fucking world because yeah. he, he can't have remembered what, what the first part of the answer was question. 
<laughs> yeah, and then and and then eventually, and luckily, the translator is obviously used to his bullshit because he doesn't start translating the answer until he's got the whole answer from Hideo Kojima's mouth. But he generally takes about six minutes to answer the question because he keeps pausing and staring off into the distance mindfully, and you know all of this. And then and then what comes back is just artistic mumbo jumbo, which doesn't answer the question. So no, I was just asking you about what's happening in Gears of War Five, and you've explained to me the cosmic reality of our existence. I don't fucking yeah. care. It, it's so annoying. The way the way people treat Hideo Kojima is the way they treat Make a Wish kids. <laughs> it's like, oh, humour him. He's not going to be around for long. But except Hideo, oh, just yeah. the cancer just doesn't ever kill him. But we're still like, oh yeah, good one, Hideo. Yeah, is this guy still here? Like what? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Fucking great idea. What's that? Sorry. Babies in tubes. Black mist. Yeah. Infinite money. To sludge. Here you go. Can you imagine? Nicholson? That's why they yeah. got rid of him at Konami. Because he must talk so much shit. <laughs> but oh, is it coming out yet? Oh well. When will it come out? It needs to come oh. out when it's when yeah, the moon's. But Rob, Rob, time is an ever-growing concept. Do we even yeah. know what time is? You know, yeah. the moons can be aligned with the space matter, and you know, time is just us and our relative our relative distance from the sun. But, but there Kijio, is something. You, are you going to meet deadline? That's all I've asked. Yeah. Because he was going to work with that Del Toro guy, Willem Del Toro. That didn't happen. Yeah. He was going to work doing yeah. Silent Hills. That Del Toro's in Death Stranding, though, right? I believe so. He is. Yeah, Konami did well to. They finally learned how to say no to him. He was like, "I want Del yeah. Toro. I want to work with him. Oh, he's he's really famous, Kojima. It's going to be really expensive." Now, I, and you know how Walking Dead's the biggest show in the world at this moment in time. I want the most famous yeah. guy off that show. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be so expensive, yeah. Hideo. Seriously, no, no. I just yeah. just no, pay whoa, me whoa, all whoa, whoa, whoa. all their wages, but all I want to make for now, I want to spend two years on one corridor in one building in the game. And that's going to really reduce yeah. the demo. Oh, Hideo, no. It's going to take Bill 13 hours to get to the last thing in this demo. Hideo, we can't do it. But oh, he might die any day now. We just have to. And then he's going to do it. It's just doesn't, even PT and stuff like that just didn't make sense. Well, it made sense. But for, why? I don't... It's like he's allowed so much space to just muse about... But everyone also, everyone also glazes over that whole cutscene in Metal Gear Solid Five, which, by the way, wasn't short, and oh. it was one of the last cutscenes of the game where you just stare at Scarface. <laughs> Scarface? <laughs> what do you mean from <laughs> Al Pacino? <laughs> I always call him Scarface. Okay, <laughs> fucking. Because that's what he is. His, his face is just a fucking scar. It's not a skull face. Oh. Fuck off. It's scar face. It's Al Pacino. <laughs> but yeah. no, you just stare at him. All I got in this world is my word <laughs> and my boss. And I don't break him for no one. <laughs> it would have made it better. But because... And everyone keeps saying like, oh, this, uh, this cutscene should have had dialogue. Um, but... Obviously, um, Konami, with their time constraints, it meant that the project was rushed out. And he went, "No, I'm not even. I'm not even convinced that it was meant to have cut. It was that dialogue. I am convinced that Hideo Kojima wanted us to spend 15 minutes staring at the main villain in the back of a truck for artistic reasons, <laughs> and no one else can fucking tell me different. Okay, we." 
15 minutes and they didn't explain the point of Metal Gear Solid 5. They could have there and then, but they chose not to. They went, I still uh. don't understand Metal Gear 5. I understand the concept that he was getting to, but I don't understand why it took me so long to get to that point. It, it, it wasn't as groundbreaking as he was making it out to be, and it wasn't very dissimilar to his other his other games or his other concepts. Like, okay. Uh, I'm not so sure I would agree, you know. Go on, Gareth. Fight. What happened? Um, okay, so it's all about language. Yeah. And the languages of war, without language, there would be no war because there's no one to give orders to anyone else. So yeah. there's parasites that hear what language you're speaking, and if you speak the language they're trained to hear, they kill you. Yes. Um, what? Which is why Quiet has to be quiet, because she has the English one inside her, right? Yes. Um. Hang on. Yeah. So, you can't speak your mother tongue, whatever. No, that's the point. So, so Skullface, Skullface is a child of war, whose mother tongue got stolen from him. He got told to speak. He, he he says something like, "Oh, I can speak fourteen languages, but I've forgotten my own mother tongue because nobody else speaks it." Like he's from some remote sector of Bulgaria or something. But like, isn't that a flaw in the plan? And then he's saying, to "Learn another language." So uh, these nano machines were trained to hunt down and assassinate certain types of people. Obviously. Um, I think they were first designated for certain people's vocal cords. So it only killed that person. What? Um, but then Skullface adapted it so that it would, uh, it would kill whoever spoke that language. And the virus spreads as soon as the carrier speaks that tongue. So, you know... You, so you, you just learn another play. language? So, yeah, that's his point. He was forcing everyone to forget language. Why? Because language was stolen from him. This is my point, is that they built it up here to be something fucking massive, but it wasn't. Can you just write a note? Or learn okay. The point is, yeah, is that it was just like, oh, language got stolen from me, so I'm going to steal language from everyone else because then it stops war. Who gives orders? Well, like you said, you just fucking learn sign language. It doesn't stop war. <laughs> no. But... Like, Trump, I'm pretty sure Trump could start a war with Russia without using speaking. Words. Yeah, he's got fucking Twitter. Yeah. Or... I think the point is, yeah, is that it was... It was an enjoyable game, but I think, um, like we keep saying, Hideo Kojima thinks that his ideas are, like, groundbreaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, shit, no one else has thought of this before. And I thought that the reveal was just a bit... Oh, okay, then. Yeah. I think you're just trying snake. too hard. You're, 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 not- you're trying too hard to look... You're trying too hard to look like the smartest person in the room. And that's Hideo Kojima in a nutshell. That's always been his problem. Hmm. And it's the people that, you know, allow it, him to be like that. Yeah. I go, yeah, that's genius. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. Gareth, did you like the story? Um, n- not really. I, 
<laughs> I thought the gameplay was incredible. I absolutely loved yeah. the gameplay. Yeah. No, no complaints about that. For, it was my game of the year the year it came out just for gameplay yeah. alone. I thought it played fantastically. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think, Best like I said, I think the graphics, I think the story, and I, well, I think the story missions when you don't know the build up, when you don't know the reveal, sorry. So the build up and the suspense and the, you know, the gravitas of the situation and, you know, Metal Gear is there. I was, I was engulfed listening to the tapes. I was trying to figure out the mystery. And then when the mystery was revealed, you went, Oh, for fuck. And then you just kind of, that's when I lost interest. I still loved the game. <coughs> I lost interest in the story. Yeah. And I think because so, yeah. I knew it was incomplete before I finished it. It kind of makes you think, I can't really invest too much in this story because mm. I know it's not complete. Mm. Um, which is obviously a problem. But I and think if it had a more grounded story, no, if it had a more grounded story, it could have done a lot yeah. better. If it was sort of about a sort of arms race and stuff that are actually going on in the world, I think it could have done it a lot more favours. But yeah, I think. The guy just, uh, he's just humours, everyone humours him and he's not the auteur that I think he thinks he is. And I think Death Stranding is just going to be a massive... I think I think Death Stranding is going to do the exact same thing. I think Death Stranding <laughs> is going to do the exact same thing. I think it's going to be an amazing game. I think it's going to be fantastic, full of intrigue and mystery. And you're going to be building up. And the fan theories around it are probably going to be a hell of a lot more interesting than what the actual reveal is. And the yeah. reveal is going to be something really fucking obvious. And it's going to be something really unnecessarily blunt. Like, we try to control humanity's overpopulation problem. By By using nanomachines. By using nanomachines. (coughs) And you're going to sit there and go, okay, so the overarching message is overpopulation is bad. Yeah. Oh, f- and then everyone stands up and slow claps him. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally, I can, I can just see it happening. And now we're trying to heart, p- p- repopulate the world. So yeah, it's like, yeah. This is so it. watch this fifteen-minute uninterrupted penetrative sex scene <laughs> <laughs> with Mad Mickelson. <laughs> I don't know. Or like, what's his name already? Oh, what's his name? Who's the Walking Norman. Dead guy? Norman Reedus. Norm- Norman Reedus. He, the baby he's carrying is like the seed of Adam. I bet they'll call it something like that as well. Yeah. They'll, something, they'll call it something fucking biblical. And it contains the the only DNA or the DNA of the human race which can repopulate normally. Not through this weird fucking convoluted black gel shit. Sally. It's going well, to be like um, that film that you love, Children of Men. Great film. What a film. Yeah, it's going to be Children of Men, but he's ripped it off. That's all it is. <laughs> I like things like that, where there's a grand uh, a grand uh, idea behind the film, but it's done with simplicity. Mm. And it's not like... That's why I tend to like films like Children of Men more than big Hollywood blockbusters, 
because of the way they constrain themselves. You hate Constraint, CG as well. So I really hate CG. <laughs> I like practical effects and stuff like that. And um, I'm a big, a big believer in, you know, practical effects. And I think that's why some of the older films stand up more today than they, they, they would do otherwise. And <clears throat> I really enjoyed Children of Men for that very same reason, is that it was quite a personal film. It wasn't like some massive, like World War Z or, or things like that, where they're big grand spec. You can relate to it. Yeah. And, you know, that film, that scene when they're in a car, Gareth, that's filmed in one long, continuous shot. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. They do that now, and people are like, oh, it's amazing, it's incredible, blah, blah, blah. But back then, people took things like that for granted. Yeah, there's stuff like uh, in the Raid 2, there's a scene where he's like fighting in a stall in a bathroom. Yeah. And if oh, you watch yes. the behind the scenes thing, like the walls of yes. that stall all move, so the camera's making moves yeah. it would never be able to make, but they're pulling the walls out and stuff. I love shit like that. Because this is it, when they said, um, when my mate told me and he sent that to me, and he was like, um, that was filmed in one shot. And I went, that's fucking impossible. It's a stop line. <laughs> and then he was just like, no, no, seriously, watch the behind the scenes. And like you said, it's such backstage choreography where they were like, okay, then. And the director is literally, and I don't know how the actors stay. I know it sounds stupid. I don't know how the actors are punching each other. But first of all, not hurting each other. But also they the director, the director is bellowing like instructions to like the fifty odd people who are moving the set around. And I went, "How the fuck is that guy concentrating?" And he's like bellowing fucking instructions as like walls are coming out and well, like the rigs moving around. <laughs> and they're like fucking yeah, they're just going everywhere. It's great. But that's what I'm saying, and look at the results you get. Mm. If that had been like Avengers or something, it would have been one person standing there in a toilet, but the toilet's just a green screen, and it's everyone just a green was block. added in. Yeah. yeah, everyone would have been added in, you know, during editing. Yeah. Because you watch the making of Avengers and shit like that. It's just Robert Downey Jr. and those guys going around with, you know, like I saw it, like they even wear green parts of their suits are green where they add things on afterwards mm-hmm. and you know they'll have like a lamppost that is an actual real lamppost and the rest of it will just be green screen I think it's neat like you said some of it or for ease of access and in some movies it, it it's needed um, like in the Marvel movies or oh, I watched the Far From Home uh, yeah. last week and I loved it. Like I really enjoyed it. But like you yeah. said, majority of say all the places that you visited in Europe, they never visited them. Right. It was just all of it is just CG. Um, and you go, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the movie for me. Um, saying that though, I think I enjoy it for the fact that it's a it's a superhero movie and I know that a majority of the things that I want to come to life uh, are best brought to life through CG. Um, yeah, but it's only a but, matter of time before we don't need actors either. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Well, you know, you can... No, they tried that in the past, didn't they? It, but, well, yeah, but there's no reason why... I know, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the the the... the 
the line from animated movie, fully animated to fully live, is becoming more and more blurred. Now. Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. I get that. Why do you but... need Tom Holland as Spider-Man? You could just make up a virtual man called David Bearchest. <laughs> oh, fucking yes, David Bearchest. That's my alter ego now. Yeah. But no, like I said, I think there is... Um, my tolerance for CG in Disney movies seems to be higher than my tolerance for CG in other movies. <laughs> like, so, like, so like, and this is what I mean, is that in the context of a Marvel superhero movie, where I know that a majority of the comic book visuals are brought to life through CG, my brain just goes, okay, I accept that, that's fine. Um, but say for... I watched the trailer... Um, for the new Fast and Furious spin-off with Hobbs and whatever his name yeah, is. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. And a majority of the fight scenes are just CG. And I just went, yeah. oh, that doesn't look as good. It, it just looks fucking shit, if I'm honest. And because, like I said, my tolerance for CG in action movies, especially in a Fast and Furious movie, because the majority of their effects have been realistic and done on set yeah, with, with stunt drivers and real cars. Yeah. Now, you know, in the in the trailer, fucking the the bike or the car goes underneath two two freight lorries and the bike drifts with it and the guy is hanging off the rear end of the bike. Yeah. And all of it is CG. Uh, might, might went, be real, Dave, might be real, you don't know. Just take it, yeah. That was real. I'd love to see it filmed because it looked pretty cool. But you sit there and go, all of it's CG, and now I'm out of the action sequence. I'm like, okay, that looked amazing. But it it doesn't need to be that extreme. I know it can be that extreme because CG has come to the stage where, oh, actually, it's it's good enough now where it can be almost realistic. But like, my, like I said, my tolerance for it is because in that world that they have created, that looks fake. Nah. Where in the world that Disney has created and what they're trying to recreate in the whole, you know, universe, the CG makes it look real. I'm really good at suspending my disbelief. So, like, I don't care if it's CG as long as the... Like, the choreography of what's happening is cool. Like, I really enjoyed Elite Battle yeah. Angel, which is basically just yeah. all CG on the screen all the time. Yeah, but that's it. See, that but that's, that well just created the CG. I reckon my tolerance would be quite high for that. Yeah. And I will watch it, sure. eventually. Yeah. But, I mean, there's, like, action sequences where it's like, that couldn't really happen. And you see critics, like, you know, and I'm just like, oh, that was really cool. That's yeah. all I give a shit about, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, if it looks cool, it passes your test. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that went off the rails. No, no, I just think I think you're right. I think you're right, but it depends on it lands better for me in a film like John Wick than it does for something like Fast and Furious. Well, John like, Wick had a lot of practical effects. Yeah, no, because That's I'm saying, saying is that. The effects in John Wick landed better for me, and I felt that that was cooler, despite the fact that Keanu Reeves was, wasn't moving the quickest. Um, it still was amazingly cool to watch, um, because it was realistic. Well, and the I Matrix think- Reloaded, right? 
that, they built a whole fucking highway for that. Yeah, that's true. And they used real cars and everything like that. They built a highway because the Wachowskis wanted that impact, that real world feel to it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And you can see the difference. But then when the CG comes into Reloaded, again, in the world of the Matrix, when they do the God-tier slow-mo shit, you expect that to be CG. Yeah. And so therefore, when it comes in, it doesn't take away from the action. I think my point with the like the Fast and Furious example is that it was realistic cars, and then they do something st- stupidly unrealistic. These aren't superhumans. They're just normal dudes driving cars fast. Uh, yeah, so The Rock go, is a normal dude, mate. <laughs> yeah, what I mean is, yeah, is that he's not... He's not a superhuman. He doesn't have like fucking psychic abilities. Oh, there is no way in hell that, oh. that shouldn't happen. How does he do like, that with his eyebrow, mean? Dave? If not for psychic yeah. powers? Okay, maybe he does. Okay, I apologise. <laughs> My bad. I'm what sorry. No, but this is it. He in the same trailer, he fell from f- a four-story building with a guy in his hands, and he ploughed him through a fucking foyer, oh. which was. Um, glass a foyer of a hotel room and just got up after it i went that's believable and that was cool it was just that one action scene where they drifted through cars and i was just like oh i hope there's not many of them i think it just takes away from the action sequence that's what i'm saying i reckon it can be special effects if you look at the burly brawl from the matrix reloaded i thought that was amazing at the time but it you can tell it's cgi now yeah it's dated with <laughs> it aged bad. They don't even look like all look like Agent Smith. They don't even, even know like people. That they did at yeah. the time, that's and it's it. like games. When you look at games and think, "Whoa, that's amazing," and you look at back at it, and you're like, "Whoa." Yeah, that that brawl in the Matrix Two is a perfect example because you watch it and it's just clearly all done in a computer. I don't give a shit. I think it's yeah. I fucking love it still, and I'm not a teenager anymore. You know, I can happily watch that and be like, "Oh, look, Neo did." that cool thing and then that guy went flying up and into a building in the background i appreciate all the the stuff that went into it i don't care that it looks like rubber people <laughs> yeah I, I was it to doesn't say. feel impactful anymore like now i've seen the raid and john wick's very good at it as well it's that impactful stuff and just doesn't feel like they're hitting each other the way that i thought that they were when i originally saw it i guess my view on CG is that it doesn't take away from the action sequence if it if it feels like it's a necessary progression. Like, you know, if it feels like it blends into the world or the scene, for me it doesn't feel like it or if it if I feel like there is there was no alternative, because like you said, Gareth, I can watch that Matrix reloaded scene and still be like, that was amazing. I love it. Uh, even though that they all look like polystyrene <laughs> um you know it doesn't matter to me and even in like revelations it's like the fact that the movie was a bit shit beard scratch um you haven't got a beard no i know you're scratching <laughs> oh sorry um yeah even in the last one the final battle you sit there and go, yeah, still pretty cool though. Because like you said, the choreography that goes into it, I think if the if the CGI is put in just to add 
just to add CG to the action sequence, it feels like. If it feels misplaced, if it doesn't feel like it fully belongs there, if it feels like actually if that was done, that could have been done um, in real life um, with practical special effects, I reckon the payoff's better. Well, Matrix was a standard bearer. Like, each Matrix that came out, you were like, wow, I'm, I'm, imagine what the CGI is going to be like now. It's the same as Gears of War. With Gears of War on the Xbox 360, that was the standard bearer. Now, it's just like everyone's using these fucking effects, and it's like, I, I just really hate it. Sorry. Like, Terminator, the new one. Yeah. I'm quite um, happy about it, but it's just all green screen. Everything is green screen. Yeah, I see you, man. Like I said, I think it just depends on the context of the movie. Let's uh, all go to bed now. Okay. But like I said, I think that was a that was it was a it was a good catch up actually. I'm going to actually seek to play more than one game of good quality. Complete God by of next War. podcast. I'm going to complete God of War. Yeah, there you go. And I'm going to aim to play. What one shall I play? Uncharted or Horizon? Probably Uncharted. I like <coughs> games. Uncharted Four or the Collection? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with one. I've got the Collection. Oh. One is really dated now. Yeah, I I I, I sense that. Yeah. But I'm still just gonna plough through it all. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna care about collectibles and all that shit. I'm just gonna go plough through them all. Go on, Dave. I wish you the best. I wish you the best of luck as well, Gareth. Oh, tomorrow. You. On one of the hottest days ever recorded in the UK. Yeah. And you're working. Yeah. I don't have a fucking fan in my room, mate. I don't know how I'm going to survive. we got two fans right here, Dave. Hey, that's the third one that's landed. I'm actually impressed. <laughs> Three in two hours. <laughs> That'll do. That, is, that is really good. Two hours. That is really Fuck good. Bye then, guys. Right, until next time, oh. boys. I got it. Have fun. Sleep, I? Yeah. Indeed. Right. right. See you later. Bye, day. Bye. Night, Rob. Night, night. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>